every guy learns differently. They think differently. Yes. They, they develop differently. And I've got to find ways to help. Whenever I go to an ABCA convention or we go to a clinic or whatever it is, it's I go in and I, I write things down. And then I, so I kind of go through my roster and then the clinicians are talking or I'm talking to somebody. I write a note next to that guy's name. Yeah, throw it in the because, bucket. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that little nugget for that guy right there. If I can reach out to just that kid right here on our roster to help him in something that I learned, I've come a long way. I think it's just, it's kind of a humbling experience in a way of like, you, you never, you never know enough, man. And, and knowledge is power. Like to me, the more that you know, and the more that, and that's so much that you know, and say that, you know, it, it's just connecting and being able to connect with those individuals on your roster uh, to help them achieve what they came here for. That, that to me is what it's about. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self that, but um, I've learned kind of the hard way over time. You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger. It's time to turn up the volume in your speakers as we are broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. Inside of our Dugout Chatter episodes, we talk baseball, we get into some special interest topics, but we mainly focus our attention on shining a positive light on the amazing people that make our association so special. And just wait, we have a home run interview on deck for you this week. One of the most special humans I've spent time with, and we can't wait to get to this one on the other side of the intro. But first, with a few reminders, find us wherever podcasts are free. Hit subscribe on there. Reviews and ratings are always welcome. But share this podcast with anyone you feel like would appreciate these conversations. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us at ABCA1945. If you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about, head over to our website, abca.org. A lot of great information on there for you. Also, make sure you subscribe to our new YouTube channel. ton of new content over there. Interviews from our convention. ABCA The Roadshow lives there. Plus, our latest feature, ABCA Extra Innings, with a brand new episode releasing this Thursday. So for the catching enthusiasts out there that are listening in, this one's going to be like a wipeout slider for you. Strike three in the inning. Just wait. Head over to youtube.com slash ABCA1945 and make sure you hit subscribe on there as well. If I can help you out in any way, never hesitate to reach out. Reach out to me directly through Twitter and Instagram at CoachSheets3 or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at ABCA.org. Huge thanks to our great friends and longtime ABCA partners over at Rawlings. And now you can get the pro treatment with the Rawlings newly updated online custom glove builder. You can customize your pro preferred or heart of the hide glove with endless options. You can choose your pattern, the web, the lace color, and so much more. Now you can create your own one-of-a-kind glove to match your unique playing style. I know I'm building mine right now, so you can build yours today and check out their entire product line on their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And we hope to see you join Team Rawlings today. And with that, let's get into the meat of this week's episode as we connect with Travis Hergert, the head coach at North Iowa Area Community College and just wow. Let me hit you on the front end with this. 
it will turn out to be a Take Feverish Notes episode. Plus, there's a strong chance you're going to run out of ink. You know that on the front end. Herg absolutely shows up for this talk. Plus, we christen in a new category of status here on the show. We find and catch several times certified audio platinum. Herg is going to take us through his journey within the game, his growth as a leader, and how he works to teach life lessons through his coaching. And I'm going to start this just how we finish it, because that's what we're doing here, right? And it called an intro for a reason. Listen for the humility, the servant leadership, the selflessness, the true calling and why to coaching that's going to come through the airways from Travis. And if you're like me, you'll land at this thought. This is the guy you would want to coach your kid, period. It's one of my all-time favorite interviews. We know you're going to enjoy it as well, so buckle in for the ride. And let's dive in headfirst with Nyack skipper Travis Hergert. He is our guest on this week's Dugout Chatter episode. And get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We're heading back into the JUCO ranks, and one of my most favorite people in baseball, a guy I've really grown close with and a guy I really enjoy talking with, but more than that, someone that apparently our social media crowd is really excited is joining us on the podcast. We'll get to that in a second. But the head coach from North Iowa Area Community College, Travis Hergett. Travis, thanks for jumping on with us, my friend. Thank you, Sheets. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. God, Herg, this is awesome, man. And, and I, we can't release what we just went through for 30 minutes, but we're <laughs> we're going to get into some really good stuff today. But again, what I love about it is timing is everything in baseball. And so it was great that Zach and our office put out a video from the convention, from the main stage of you. And uh, you and I had just discussed about coming on the podcast. And I'm like, what a great time to maybe draw a little uh, attention to this week's episode and uh, I tell you what, based on the response, man, people want to hear from you, Herg. Oh, that's that's <laughs> really humbling, to be honest. This yeah. is uh, this is this is pregame for me too. I mean, we're we're sitting here talking, and I'm in full uniform. Right. We got a game in five hours, so like this is this is firing me up. So uh, I'm I'm right there with them, man. Well, I'm in full office uniform, polo, shorts, <laughs> uh, coffee. I'm ready to rock too. Um, <laughs> there's a lot we want to get to, and I know it's going to be a, a really engaging conversation. But let's get into the the essentials out of the way. Let's talk about the ABCA, what yeah. it's meant to you throughout your coaching career. What an awesome opportunity, and you did a fantastic job inside of that four person clinic there at the Dallas Convention. So, talk a little bit about that. But overall, what the ABCA has meant to you throughout your coaching career. Well, the Dallas convention was obviously a little different for me. I, I don't think I ate uh, anything <laughs> until afterwards, after sure. my wife and I went out to, to, to dinner after we spoke. But, um, you know, I mean, to, to share the stage with Congo and, and, and Jason Steen and, and Dylan Lawson and, and three guys that I've known for a long time. And, you know, to talk about things that we're passionate about in player development and the, kind of the new age of baseball, it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, people ask me, like, were you nervous? Were you nervous? And I was like, actually, no, because the lights were so bright, I could only see like 50 people in front right. of me. So, you know, I know there's like 4,000 people in the place, but, you know, I, it looked like I was just talking to my team. So that's kind of sure. how I approached it. And I, I, one of the coolest things, and you get starstruck at this thing, you mm -hmm. know, I, I'm, an, I'm a JUCO guy. I've been a JUCO guy for 15 years, and you get starstruck at this event. But I thought it was really cool is I'm, I'm, I'm walking off stage to, to backstage, and the first person to greet me is Tim Corbin from Vanderbilt. And I, you could have knocked me over with a feather, man. Like, you know, and for him to say, great job, I, I don't even know what he said to me. I don't even know what I said. But, uh, you know, for him to be right there, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. But the ABCA, man, like, for what it's done for me uh, as a coach and as a person to connect with so many people, I'm a social guy as it is. Yeah. So, 
you know, just to go to those talks and go to those clinics. But then, you know, to me, it's funny, my wife went with me to Dallas this year and you know how it is. I mean, you're up till two or three in the morning down in the hotel lobby and you're just, you're, you're talking shop all night yeah. long. And she's like, this all you guys do? Like, yeah, this is what we Pretty do. Much. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're idiots, man. But yeah. you know, Hey, this is what we do. And that's honestly, I, there's some of those moments, man, that I I've learned so much and that I've taken back to, you know, a kid that we're coaching or to our team or, mm-hmm. Or something, you know, some type of, uh, you know, some type of practice plan or whatever it is that I've taken away from those uh, experiences. But my first ever convention was in 2005 in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you talk about influential people. And so Todd Rima, uh, who is now at Kirkwood Community College, was my, my he, I worked for him. He was the head coach at NIAC. And he had actually worked at the University of Northern Iowa uh, back in the Missouri Valley back in those days. And so, you know, I'm meeting all the Valley guys, you know, sure. I mean, Jim Brownlee and, you know, all, all those guys. And, and, uh, I'm, we're at, we're at Tootsie's bar and, you know, we're just sitting there talking and Dan Callahan from, uh, Southern Illinois was there. Yeah. And, you know, I just asked him, man, like, Hey, you know, what, what can you tell me about this thing? This is my first ever convention. He just said, Hey man, make the big time where you're at. Like every guy wants to coach oh. at Arizona state or UCLA, but like, man, like there's only so many jobs like that. Make the big time where you're at. And so I've always, I, I have it written down in my office, make the big time where you're at, Dan Callahan. And that stayed with me forever. So in his honor, you know, I feel like I have, you know, I feel like I've made the big time here at NIAC and, and obviously being on this podcast with you, you know, definitely, but that's something that's resonated me with me for a long time. Well, you're big time in my book. That's why I always keep you around as a, as a boy, man. I, I need you. Um, I want to go into this because you are you are a two time Barnstormer Clinic presenter, and obviously yeah. I'm going to get you back on when we come back to Creighton this fall. So when you had a chance to speak there um, at Iowa Western, and then I brought you back there to speak in Minnesota. Take us through what that looks like, because I think for for a lot of coaches, they, they may not have been to one, but the mm-hmm. unique thing these are transitioning into where we're, we're going to make these free for ABCA members. So this is just another added membership benefit, but. I, you know, it's hard to replicate the convention, but I'll tell you what, for one day, in my opinion, it's as intimate and it's as close knit a community and, and a, an effort that we can make leaving the national office. But what's your takeaways? Well, I came off the bench for you. Yes. I, I was a bench player for you yes. for uh, uh, the uh, Council Bluffs one <laughs> yes. at Iowa Western. Yeah, uh, no, it, it was awesome. Storm. And, and how, and obviously, I, we talk about Iowa Western. We're going to talk about Juco here in a second, yeah. but I was what Mark Reardon's built there and a guy that. I respect a ton. And, you know, when it comes to talking shop, I love talking baseball with Mark. And mm-hmm. um, I, what I thought was cool, and this is the neat thing about the Barnstormers Clinic is I'm like, hey, is there a place where we can present? And you're like, yeah, it's going to be on the field. And I'm like, ah, I, mean, I don't know. And, and then Mark's like, hey, I'm going to set up something in our garage. You know, <laughs> sure. in our Western, they got this big storage garage and he got it all cleaned out, brought in a, a screen. And we've had like, what, 25 chairs in there. Yeah. And here I am, <laughs> like, in the middle of like. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Like it was so like, I think that if there's a word that can describe the barnstormer clinics, I think it's just, it's organic, man. It's really real. Uh, um, and you, you know, and I've seen some where, you know, TCU is out there and it's basically full practice mode. And, and I know Mark did that over at Creighton, but I mean, you can really get into, you know, in depth and, you know, where on stage, sometimes you can't quite get as in depth or maybe we hold back a little bit where the barnstormer clinics, man, like you can get your hands dirty a little bit. And that's what I love about them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is good. And and the follow-up, we try to promote that. Like, hey, when that dude's done, he's, he's giving you 45 minutes of everything he's got. Just mm-hmm. follow him over there. And you have, what I love is you, especially around the field, is you see that coach and a couple other coaches just sitting in the dugout. 
and they've been yep. there for hours and they've missed the, the next three presentations, yeah. but man, they had, there's something there that they're holding on to. So we, we obviously encourage, especially as it becomes again, free for members, uh, get out to one of those. We're going to be all over the country, but it's a great way to, to continue to kind of build our brand, but more importantly, serve our coaches. Now, I think for the, the crux of this conversation, Herg, just take us through your career in baseball. I know we're, we're going to get into a lot about junior college baseball. I know that's where you spent majority of your career, but take us into your career in baseball and just bring us up to speed on what's going on there now. Yeah. Well, I don't talk about my playing days much. They were far from glamorous, but <laughs> I was a Juco guy. I played at Kirkwood community college in Cedar Rapids. I'm from the Cedar Rapids area. I played for the legendary John Lewis. And, uh, after my two years at Kirkwood, I went to Mount Mercy college right across town in Cedar Rapids in NAI school, mm-hmm. got a chance to play for Justin Schulte, uh, who is a dear friend of mine. Yes. And, um, you know, that's really, I, 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 I thank him and I blame him. He got me into coaching. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, I was, I was working, I was actually working, uh, for the Cedar Rapids Colonels in their, um, at the minor league affiliate in town. I was doing an internship there in their marketing and PR office. That was my major. Mm. And, you know, I, I liked it. I think my first job was I was assistant food and beverage manager. It was like super glamorous position. Like, do you have a business but, card? I do not anymore. Uh, I, I probably burned those things. <laughs> I hated. I hated. I wanted job. you to send me one. I was going to frame it in my office. But, <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> um, uh, but I would always find myself kind of sneaking down to watch BP or watch their early work, and I'm and I was coaching high school baseball at the time at Cedar Rapids Washington High School with my uh, high school coach Randy mm-hmm. Matthews, and I just I want to get into college coaching. I want to get into college coaching. I just I want to get into coaching. I got to be on the field, mm-hmm. and. I was working a noon game and in noon game and, you know, small minor league baseball, there's like 1500 kids there. Yeah. It's, it's hot and there's ice cream all over the place. And I think I was working in the ice cream booth that day and I'm just, I got to get out of this. And lo and behold, coach Schulte calls me and he mm. says, Hey man, we got an admissions position open here at Mount mercy and we'll get you on staff for, uh, for baseball. And I was like, yes, I mean, sign me up. So yeah. I got the job and I coached with him for a year at Mount mercy and, I'm a pitching guy uh, by trade, mm-hmm. uh, but I got to work with outfielders. I got to assist with infielders. I got to see kind of the whole gamut of how you actually run a program. And, and Justin is as thorough as anybody. You know, he's going to do it his way. Uh, I, I always, you know, he's kind of like the Bobby Knight of college baseball, man. Like he's going to do it his way, yeah. and it's it's good, man. He's good at what he does, and I learned a ton from him. And there was a job open at North Iowa Area Community College. They're looking for a pitching guy. But they're also looking for a housing head resident and intramural coordinator. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sign me up. And, My dream job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me let me run some flag football, man. <laughs> sure. Um, but I got that job at NIAC in the fall of 2004 and working for Todd Rima. And I worked for Todd for eight years. And then Todd left for Kirkwood Community College, which is in our conference. Um, and the backstory to that, too, Justin Schulte left. Uh, a couple of years after I'd left there, he'd left for Southeastern, which mm-hmm. is in our league. So now we've all kind of come full circle and actually we're going to face Justin's team today in our regional tournament. But uh, in the fall of 2014 or 2012, excuse me, I became the head coach at NIAC and I've been here for seven years and it's been an amazing run. I've met some incredible people, worked, had some incredible assistant coaches work for me and, and I had a chance to really work with some really talented players. Well, I want to go into that because, again, we can talk about you know three regional tournament championships. You have three trips to the World Series, obviously three North Plains titles. You've done some fantastic things inside of seven years. And obviously, again, as you walk into this regional tournament today, we hope that we get to add a you know another notch to that World yeah. Series trip. But take take us into 
you know, you've really found your home inside of junior college baseball. So there's something there that's really you're, you're holding on to, or at least has grabbed you. So talk about that, but also maybe be remiss if we didn't give you the opportunity to talk about NIAC, talk about what that school's about, what that pro, mm-hmm. which program's built on, and obviously from a recruiting pitch perspective, why should it be a you know a real option for those out there? Well, this is always my recruiting pitch is you know we're 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 in the top of Iowa, like we are right on the border of Minnesota. We're kind of the gateway to both states and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exactly, you know, your ideal baseball weather. Uh, you know, we got snow a couple weeks ago, so no, great, re- great recruiting plug by me, but, uh, you know, it's not exactly <laughs> Off and rolling, baby. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're hot right now, but, uh, you know, uh, Nyack is a really special place. Um, you know, I, I met my wife there, Kimberly, we've been, uh, married for, for nine years now. We've got two beautiful, uh, two beautiful boys. Um, you know, but, uh, Nyack is unique because I've always said it. It's a it's a two year school, but it has like a four year private school feel. Mm. And you know, it's it's our one it's our one campus. You know, we're not a junior college that has you know all these satellite campuses. It's our one campus, yeah. and it, it's a really unique place. It's it's small enough yet big enough. And Mason City is a town of about thirty thousand. Uh, Clear Lake right next to it. So Clear Lake's claim to fame was where uh, Buddy Holly and uh, Richie Valens and the Big Bopper played their last show at the Surf Ballroom before they died in the plane crash. Wow. So like. It's a it's a destination spot, man. So we sure. go out on the lake quite a bit. We go to, you know, they, there's some big time country acts. I think Brett Young just came through in February for uh, for uh, that to surf ballroom. So I mean, they're it, it's a pretty cool place, and it's mm-hmm. a great place to raise a family. But I mean, what we're based on, man, like junior college it, it, to me, it's all about player development and people development. Yep. And there's no exact science to our recruiting. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're we're getting on the 2020s right now. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm recruiting a 2017. Like I'm recruiting a 22 year old right now. Sure. Like, you know, like we take all kinds, man. Like sure. you just never know. There's no exact science to junior college recruiting. And if this, this team that we have currently right now, there's eight guys on our team that are in their third year, you know, just whether it was a stop at a division one school that didn't work out yeah. or an injury, whatever it may be. So and we take on all kinds. And I, the thing I'll say about junior college is just it's opportunity. You, you never know. Like the kid that develops, maybe he matures later than another kid physically or mentally. And I think just the the ability to have a plan and be able to adjust that plan along the way to try to get the most out of that player for them to achieve their ultimate dream. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a lefty right now, a uh, former player of ours, Brandon Williamson, that's pitching for Jim Schlossnagel at TCU. Like that's his dream place, man. Um, you know, we have another kid, Bryce Ball, playing for Dan Heefner down at Dallas Baptist. He's having a great year. Um, you know, a number of guys that have gone to play. We have two guys that have played in the SEC that are now in pro, uh, pro professional baseball. So, like, that's what it's about. We're, we're, we're selling a dream. And that dream is to hopefully develop and, and, and hone your skills to where you can go play at a Division One school. You can get drafted, whatever it may be. Yeah. And there have been guys, I would say, the guys that have been drafted out of our program, I would, I would have never dreamt that they would have been. Or like this guy that went to this school, I would have never dreamt that they would have gone to that school. But man, they bought into what we were selling and they worked their tails off and, and they, they went through the muck and, and the mud of the process mm-hmm. and, you know, got to be where they are. And to me, it's nothing that we do. We, you know, we give them the roadmap, we give them, we give them the plan, but they've got to put in the work. They got to put in the time. And it's those kids that figure that out and, and go through the process that ultimately make the most of that junior college experience at, at a place like Nyack. That's outstanding. Thanks for breaking that down for us. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I think I talk about this a lot when we talk about junior college baseball. I think the shift, especially, you know, for me, I'm 1999 graduate of high school. And so at that time, 
you're, you know, basically what my impression of junior college baseball was. Oh, well, well, no, I, I've got a 22 in my ACT. I'm good. Right. There was no, there's nothing else. We're talking about test scores. If you were a low test score person, low GPA, whatever, you had to go JUCO. You should think about JUCO. Everything else, man, no, I'm, I'm a D2 guy. I'm an NAI guy, whatever it is. But the junior college thing has really shifted. And you've seen this in the recruiting side. I know you have as well is it's not about that anymore. Yes, there are low test scores and qualify the whole thing, but it's more about recognizing what the level can offer you. A lot to what you're getting into there is, hey, you, you know, you really needed bats. You really need innings pitch. You need to get stronger. You you do have a dream. You didn't get what you wanted at 18. How about we try and work hard for two years and get it at 20? And so there's there's that whole shift, that whole uh, maybe uh, framework in which student athletes, high school coaches, travel coaches are really conceptualizing what junior college baseball was, it's not really accurate as to what it is now. So if you're living it, man, you're right in the middle of it. How do we keep working at changing and positively influencing the stigma around junior college baseball, but at the same time, give us the look from the glimpse and you're on the division two level, but I know you keep your tabs on everything else. What's the talent look like? What kind of players and people are we talking about? Well, and we've, I think over the last couple of years with just the success of our program, there's so many, you know, good junior college programs throughout the Midwest, throughout mm -hmm. the South that, um, you know, have reached out to us. But, you know, we, we're not going to play a home game usually until maybe late March, maybe early April. Mm -hmm. So we have to travel from mid-February all the way up till the end of March. We got to go South. Okay. So we've been fortunate enough to go play teams like Crowder, NOC Enid, Tonkawa, um, you know, we had a Mississippi trip scheduled to like Jones, Meridian and Gulf Coast. Like it was going to be the gauntlet and then it, it got <laughs> rained out. But I mean, we've, we've gone to some really hutch down in Kansas. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of a bunch right now, Iowa Western, obviously our conference is really, really good, but you know, you, you go around to all these schools and it's crazy because you'll see four or five MLB scouts in the stands. Mm -hmm. You'll see, you know, school X, you know, and, and, and the calls that you're going to get, it's, it's insane, man. And, and, and the talent level. I think right now in the junior college ranks is some of the best it's ever been. And I think the reason for that is kids are seeing a couple things that I know, you know, the higher levels, it's a business, man. I mean, it is at the end of the yeah. day, they, they have to win ball games. Like, you know, you know, I, I hate losing of course, but you know, but if we go 500 or, you know, we only win 10 games, like I'm not going to lose my job. Right. But the only way I'm going to lose my job is if guys aren't graduating, they're causing problems off the field and, yeah. Then, then maybe my job's in jeopardy. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter in terms of wins and losses. Um, and so, you know, for us, like we have that time. We, and that's the other thing about junior college compared to those other programs or the higher level programs is with all the uh, restrictions that they have and time restrictions. Like we, we really don't have a ton of time restrictions. So, you know, you, we can get that intimacy, if you will, to really help. Like you said, hey, you're going to get all these at bats, but here's what we can do on the side yes. to really you develop and, and hey you're really struggling we can't we can't just throw you in the corner and say well you got to go figure it out no no we're here to help you man mm -hmm. where that's cool like hey you're not getting the job right down you know right now get get the next man in you know like mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're done like we we can't afford to do that to be honest but uh you know for us it's, we have that time to be able to to develop those guys and uh i think the other thing too that junior college does is, and there's some really, really good programs in the country that they're just so structured, man. Like they do such a good job in terms of how we structure that practice. We say we have all this time, but you have to be structured in how you go about it. And what we want to do, and I'm not talking just practice time, I'm talking academics, I'm yes. talking on the field, what you do in the community. Yeah. Like 
you're going to do things at NIAC or, you know, school, you know, junior college X, whatever it is, like you're going to do things that you, you're going to do if you're going to play at that division one school. You know, the only difference is there's probably 50 people in the stands rather than 5,000, you know, they're, they're, you know it, but at the end of the day, like you're, you're going, we want to run it as close to a division one or successful division two program um, as anyone. That's what, that's how we want to run our program to really prepare our guys. But you go around the country right now, and I think you're seeing a lot of these guys that, okay, I went to Division One or Division Two. Well, I didn't play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I signed, you know, I, I committed as a sophomore in high school. Well, then there was a coaching change, or, you know, I got there and, you know, I just wasn't ready. Well, now they're coming back into the junior college ranks and they're getting that time. They're getting those at bats. They're getting that, that coaching. And, and now they're getting time to grow and they're developing. And now you see a lot of these guys going back out there to a a different division one school. Mm -hmm. So um, I think just what we're able to do is really hone in on the development process and give them time to develop. That's, and you just walked right into that spider web, dude. (laughs) Let's get right into player development. And and before we get too deep into, yeah, I'm a little off script here, but I I can't really pin you on this, but I'm going to ask it. When you first broke into coaching, when you first got in, Mm -hmm. did you have, you know, grand ideas about winning and, and did you, did you struggle with that as opposed to where I think you're now? Don't let me, don't let me make this dart stick, but I, I really feel like your, your spirit is, Hey man, winning happens when I invest in the players, when I invest in their development. I feel like that's where you're at. Did you always have that? Or did you kind of walk down the wrong path and have to divert over? Does that make sense? Oh, totally sheets. I'm, I'm 39 years old. Yeah. And if I could go back. Very old. To, yeah, very. I mean, I'm approaching 40 right now, man. I'm, we're climbing the mountain. But if I can go back and, and talk to 22, 23-year-old Travis Hergert and say, hey, listen, man, like you don't have all the answers. Okay. There's a whole nother world out there that you don't know about that yeah. you need to figure it out. And I wish I would have done that sooner. Hmm. Um, I, I still remember, uh, I think it was 2003, the Iowa High School Coaches Association did their clinic. And uh, Ron Wolfert came out and, you know, I mean, what Ron was throwing out there was like, I mean, it was over everyone's head. And I just, I remember like, wow, that is so, that is so out of this world, but it really, really intrigued me. And I slowly would, you know, kind of question what I was doing as a pitching guy. And I would go to that and I was like, man, that's, that's, that's so radical. But the more and more I would study it, like the more and more it made sense. Well, it was, I think the fall of 2014. So I've been my second year. I've just completed my second year as head coach at NIAC. And I'm reading about this guy. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit with our relationship, but I'm reading about this guy and he's, he's posting all these blogs, you know, about weighted baseballs and weighted implements. And we don't do pitching drills. And I'm like, who the, who the heck is this guy? Sure. But I'm reading it and I'm like, man, this really makes sense. And, and we'll get it. We'll get into that. But yeah. like, I, I just, I, I, like, I've always been a student of the game, but I would always kind of be like, man, I mean, I, I learned a lot from a guy like Justin Schulte, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, you know, Justin, Justin is an amazing coach and, you know, he's always trying to learn as well, but you know, that was what I knew mm-hmm. and, and that what I've come to find out and every guy learns differently. They think differently. Yes. They, they develop differently and I've got to find ways to help. Whenever I go to an ABCA convention or we go to a clinic or whatever it is, it's I go in and I, I write things down, uh, you know, of every player now because I'm more than just a pitching coach now. Mm-hmm. But I write things down on every player 
And then I, so I kind of go through my roster and then as you know, the clinicians are talking or I'm talking to somebody, I write a note next to that guy's name. Yeah. Throw it in the bucket. Exactly. And it's that little nugget for that guy right there. Mm -hmm. If I can reach out to just that kid right here on our roster to help him in something that I learned, I've come a long way. Uh, And, and, and before it was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And like now you're so in depth with it that I think it's just, it's kind of a humbling experience in a way of like, you, you never, you never know enough, man. And, and, and knowledge is power. Like to me, the more that, you know, and the more that, and that's so much that, you know, and say that, you know, it, it's just connecting and being able to connect with those individuals on your roster, uh, to help them achieve what they came here for that, that to me is what it's about. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self that, but, um, I've learned kind of the hard way over time. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before we hit the record button was, if and, and like I told you, man, I had a conversation with a with a literally fresh out of college, just got a division one assistant job, and he's asking me for advice. And that was one of the I could not harp on it enough. I pro, his mm-hmm. ears were bleeding, and I'm saying, <laughs> hey, just understand that there's a piece of you, not really to your personality, but in inside somewhere, there's a piece of you that's like, nah, man, I got it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Confidence you can't recreate. So like you 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 have to have it. But there there's a place, and I I, I firmly believe this. I don't I, personalities aside. I'm certainly no psychologist, but I think as these as coaches uh, move through their progression, I think it's just like in any phase of life or any walk of life or any uh, other profession. I think there's just that natural progression. Some guys it takes a year. Some guys it takes five. For me, it took eleven and getting out. Like it just, it, it just, your progression falls at a place where you think you got it, you get challenged, but I think a lot of it can be, uh, maybe minimized Herg, if, if we really preach awareness, just, just be aware that, you know, these conversations at convention, the, the interaction with Callahan, you know, all those things, those are there for a reason. Those are happening to you right now for a reason. And so if you're willing to approach things with, with just pure emotional intelligence and awareness of the situation, this is happening for me for a reason. I need to be taking this in with, with, cause I think a lot of times, Herger, I think, would you agree with this? A, a lot of coaches, when you attend the clinic and I try to say this at barnstormers, don't listen to a coach and wait for key words to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I say that too. This guy must know what he's talking about. I was, I'm pretty good. Right. So he must be pretty good too. Like, right. no, go into it and go, Hey, I know nothing. I know nothing about hitting. So Absolutely. teach me what you do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, I, I think the other piece to that also is, you can learn all that you want about X's and O's. And again, this is something I've learned over the years, especially as a head coach, you can know all you want about X's and O's. And like, as far as like, um, you know, a a strategist or whatever, like Mm -hmm. I'm not one of the best. Like, I think what I've learned more than anything over the last few years is just the human element, man. You're coaching people and how do you connect better with people? How do they learn? How do they listen? How do they how do they compute information rather than, you know, hey, we're going to do this play over and over and over again? Like, OK, but like, is he learning it? You know, or, you know, the, at the end of the day, like we're coaching 18, 19, 20 year old kids, man. Like, you know, they're they're going through all kinds of stuff. So I think the one thing that I've learned is just more about the human element rather than, you know, the the, the strategy or the mechanics, whatever it may be. And those are important, too. But at the end of the day, we're shaping young men. And I think that's that's been the piece for me now as a head coach, too, that I probably focus on 
a lot more maybe than what's our practice plan. You know, mm-hmm. let, let's have a message for today. You know, let's have a message for this week. Let's really put things into perspective and appreciate uh, what we're doing and, and really help connect with these guys to help them mature because ultimately baseball is going to end for all these guys at some point. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to string out a bunch of major leaguers out of NIAC. That'd be awesome if we did, but um, you know, we're, we're probably not. But at the end of the day, like if we can make better husbands, better fathers, better, better brothers, whatever it may be, and, or, you know, professionals in whatever profession that these guys choose, you know, we want them to be successful in life. And I think that's what the classroom of baseball in our program is all about. And I think I've learned that a lot over the last few years. You can't see it, but I'm dancing behind the mic right now. <laughs> and nobody knows, but I'm and dancing. Know, I've seen your dance yeah. moves. So. <laughs> they're, they're strong to quite strong. Here, here's, here's what I'm going to go back to, man. And I just, I've got goosebumps, literally goosebumps on my arm. You texted me yesterday and said, hey, man, we're going to make platinum audio. And <laughs> I think we might have to change our trademark, man. We might be certified platinum. I don't know what we're doing now. It's just, <laughs> dude, you just in 30 minutes have hit us with some really good, hard-hitting ideas and uh, narratives. And obviously, again, from a coach perspective, kind of rewiring of, of our engineering in terms of what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and sacrificing what we're sacrificing. So let's get into player development because I know this is, yeah. man, I'm just walking right into your fastball at the belt. But how have you embraced this element? And I guess, you know, an offshoot of that, where have you been challenged and what's the feedback been? Because that's the difference, man. How are these guys taking to what you're offering them that you know is going to help? How are they responding to it? Well, again, um, we're going to talk about most influential people in your baseball mm-hmm. career. And, and quite honestly, when I took over in the fall of 2012, uh, I was an assistant coach, uh, before I became the head coach, but the other assistant coach was Pete Lortzen. And I know, you know, Pete yes. really well. Oh yeah. Um, and now he's a lower level hitting coordinator in the Indian, Indians organization. And I mean, quite honestly, sheets, he's probably the, the best baseball mind I've ever been around mm-hmm. and the way that he thinks the game and, um, you know, and what, how I, we, we, I think him and I were, were completely different opposite as far as like personality and whatnot. Um, but you know, the way that we helped each other grow as coaches and you see how far he's come, yeah. uh, he, he was a big reason for our success. And I remember us sitting down at, and our current hitting coach, Sean Schlechter, we were sitting in my office after the season. And I mean, we threw it up on the tape, you know, like on the wall, like what, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to change? What do we need to do better? And the one thing that we just kept saying was player development, player development. How are we going to do this? And that's really when, you know, Pete really, you know, Pete's known for the, the, the tape around the end of the bat for a weighted bat. Mm -hmm. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's like his trademark. I think it's his Twitter profile pick right now too. So, (laughs) which is is so Pete, but you know, uh, and I remember that's when I started diving into driveline baseball. This guy out of Seattle named Kyle Bodie is, like I said, he's talking about weighted balls and hucking weighted balls and how they don't do pitching drills. And I, and then, you know, I'm just, I'm at a crossroads, man, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to help guys achieve and I, we're trying to prevent injury and we're trying to help guys achieve velocity and achieve stuff and get on to the next level. And so that was, we left there and we we're probably in the office for probably three hours on, on an afternoon and just, how are we going to recruit better? And that's when we really dove into, you know, Twitter and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how we're we just going to try to do things better. But it came down to player development. We've got to make these players better. We can't get wrapped up in results of the scoreboard and wins and losses. And that's an important piece. Yes. But if, if we can focus on getting these guys better on, on a physical side in the weight room, 
their skill set, whether it's hitting, pitching, defense, and then also the mental approach too. Uh, if we can really hone in on those three things, the, to us, like the, the wins and losses are a byproduct of what those beliefs are. And that's the road that we took. Mm-hmm. And, and quite honestly, that it just came down into like, we have to be structured in how we go about our player development and we've got to grind. We've got to get after it. Yeah. And that, that 2015 team that we had, um, I'll never forget. We, we hit a bunch of home runs. I think we hit like 80 some home runs that year. And, um, you know, we had some guys really peak in velocity due to the, the, you know, the, the philosophies that we took in and the teachings that we took in and driveline was a big part of that. And I remember, I knew that we had arrived because Kyle Bodie retweeted and quoted us about Nyack baseball and our Juco partners. And I thought, and I, I was like, we had freaking made it. Fist like, pump. We made it. Yes. Yeah. And like, and ever since then, you know, and our relationship with those guys is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and what they've done, you know, in baseball, just revolutionizing baseball is incredible. Um, but, you know, I, I owe a lot to what Kyle and Mike and all those guys have, have done and, and really kind of reshaped my thinking. Uh, and guys like Ron Wolfert and Randy Sullivan and and and, and Lance Wheeler. I mean, what mm-hmm. they've done for pitching, man, I, it, it's just incredible. And we're in this we're kind of in the sweet spot in this day and age of analytics. And I know we're going to talk about that. And. And, and development that you know to me that that had to be the the important thing you know, we we want to help these guys achieve their dreams so uh player development to me is, is the physical side yes um the skill set side but also the mental side i mean we've got to got to help you grow as a human being we've yeah. got to help you grow mentally and and handle the failures and and playing in the elements that we play in sometimes like we got to toughen you up man mm-hmm. you know i just had to talk to our team a couple weeks ago about getting tough and getting gritty and you know, when, when, when pretty meets gritty, uh, to use the Degs line, like, you know, you know, pretty gets his butt kicked. So, you know, it, it, sometimes you, you've, you've really got to, you know, hone in on and what the, they're trying to do and, and ultimately help them achieve their dreams. And I think player development's the number one thing. There's three areas I know that, that again, are kind of in your honey hole of driveline and rap soda analytics. Let's start with driveline. Cause obviously I know you, I know again, Kyle's very, uh, out in the open about what he thinks of your program and, and the way that you guys do things. And, and those guys are obviously huge fans of my own, but also the association. I, I've, I've said this and I'll say it again. I think Kyle and Mike, they walk in any room. They're the two smartest dudes in the room and you just kind of <laughs> hand it over to them. And just like, you know, we sat in the Dallas convention. I couldn't ask him enough questions because I just love to hear how he's engineered and, and where he's at. Cause he's, he's, he's got very good insight, but how have you taken, I think for any coach listening to this, how have you taken their protocols and, and obviously their training techniques and ideas? How have you brought them into your program? What's it look like? Like what's it, what's it feel like inside using what they offer? To kind of piggyback what you said with those guys. They're so genuine and mm-hmm. you know, like they, they really want, uh, yeah, I know they're running a business and all that stuff, but like they're so genuine on wanting to see the spirit behind it is genuine. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they are so on board with that, but uh, you know, for us, and I get this a lot, Sheets, like, you know, people, coaches will call me or, you know, and, and Mike and Kyle will give him my name and say, hey, you know, talk to this guy and, uh, you know, we've implemented this and, you know, at the junior college level, how do you do it? And everyone's like, you know, you do the driveline stuff. And I'm always like, yeah, I mean, to some extent, you know, it's not just you're going to open this book and do this program, like and you're going to throw this weighted implement and you're going to throw 95 miles an hour. Like it just doesn't happen that way. Um, so being able to use their protocols and, and, and their theories on certain things and, and, and what they're doing now with driveline plus and being able to go on and see these tutorials is, I mean, it's just revolutionized baseball, but, um, you know, to kind of 
piggyback along with that and how you know we talk about player development a little bit and how we utilize driveline with their protocols we have to have a plan okay we have to have a plan for this individual and i'll and i'm a pitching guy again so i'll use this but we used it again for our position guys this year so um and i'm going to give a shout out here to the minnesota mash performance center up in egan minnesota and those guys have absolutely crushed it up there and uh, we, we've gotten to know Steve McGuigan and Tom Booski and Nate Metzger and Harvey Martin and, and Jake Schmitz and their, their crew up there the last two years. And every at the end of every fall, we've gone up there and gotten with their staff and done fun, uh, functional movement screening. So FMS screenings, uh, uh, strength assessments, speed assessments, body composition, nutrition plan. And what we've done is taken all that data. And taking all that information on that individual. So, you know, they've got your report right there. It'll tell me and our coaching staff, okay, he's either red, yellow, or green. If he's red, we've got some problems. You know, maybe it's injury injury history or it's a lack of mobility or a lack of strength. If he's yellow, hey, we've got some things that we need to repair or that we need to uh, restructure. If he's green, hey, man, he's good to go. Here's what his plan is going to be. So we've kind of got an A, B, and C group. And now we can take that, whether it's a throwing program or we're working on some rotational power for a hitter and you know we're trying to build an off-season plan for them in the weight room. Now we have that. And now we can go in certain stages and retest and see where they're at. So now we're using data of how you know this guy is built and how he needs to repair or how he needs to recover or how he needs to rebuild some things in what, what we're trying to do. So when it comes into you know throwing weighted implements, some people balk at that just for the fact of, they think your arm's going to explode. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're, if you're in and this is where it happens. Like people just, they watch all these videos and they don't, they don't do their, you know, their homework and they just pick them up and start hucking them. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're probably going to get hurt. But if you have some structure behind that and you have data behind it and how your body moves and what your body needs, then we can get the most out of you. It's been a great relationship because then they come down periodically and they, they take our guys through our weight program um, you know, we can really, you know, really hone in on what this guy needs as a pitcher to, to get him to where, Hey, he can throw harder. Or he's going to be healthier, whatever it may be. And so utilizing the mash and then obviously the driveline protocols, um, have really helped, uh, really build, you know, what we're trying to do is build horsepower. We're trying to build that athlete. And, and now we've gotten a little more in depth with it in order to build that athlete. And, and we've seen a lot of positive feedback with it. Yeah, let's get into rap Soto because and again, it's like, you know, I don't want to regurgitate your entire presentation. If you are interested in seeing Herg up on the main stage, head over to ABCAvideos.org and find that again. He talked about Jason from Duke and obviously Dylan, who's now with the Yankees and obviously Conger and what he's doing with the Rangers, leaving Turtleton and, and you and you guys broke down different technologies and how you're leveraging them inside your program. So that is a, a great 10 minute piece. But give us the rap soto, the pitch design. How are you using it? And again, how what's the feedback been from your players? Well, I, I think it's a it's an investment that's very affordable uh, for any school, whether it's high school, junior college, D three, D one. It it's very very affordable. And and rap soto, you know, their customer service is outstanding. Mm. So just being able to to get things going. And but you know, two years ago there wasn't a whole lot of. Uh, information out there as far as how to use it you know, yeah. it really it was kind of trial and error with us at first i will say the 2.0 upgrade is just outstanding like the it's to me it's it's very trackman quality information and you can use it in a live setting now wow. which for us again remember we're up here in the north so january february we're not outside man we're not out on a field we're in a 70 foot long cage 
you know, we've got a hitter and a pitcher and a catcher in there. Uh, and what was really cool, and you can see some video on Twitter with it. So we've got the pitching rap soto in there, and we've got the hitting rap soto as well. So now it's almost like we're out at a field, and we know what the velo was on the pitch, we know what the spin rate was, we know the vertical and horizontal break. And then it, what's funny is, is you know, years ago we a guy would really crush one. You know, he'd hit a pull side or whatever. We'd be like, oh, you know, all the pitchers would be like, oh, it's a foul ball. The hitters would be like, oh, no, it's it, it's a cage bomb. It's gone. Well, now with, with the hitting rap soda, you can see the ball flight. You can see how hard it was hit. You can see how it spun off the barrel or, you know, was it top spin? Was it back spin? How far did it fly? All that stuff. Uh, you can see it in a live setting. So the, in a competition aspect, as we're trying to gear up for competition, uh, it really cranks it up a notch. It, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to watch. And as a coach, you kind of sit back and, and watch them compete. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of coaching going on. Just watch them sit back and compete. So, But you can use that data as well to see, okay, here's how your fastball is moving. And I think in the video example you put on Twitter, uh, we have a young man who's going to he's gonna go to North Carolina next year and play for Coach Fox. And uh, he's not a huge velo guy. He's he's uh, 86, and he's running up there 89, 90 a few times this year. But his fastball spins at a very uh, high uh, RPM rate, you know, about 2,400 to 2,500 on his fastball. So gravity doesn't you know, affect how his ball moves as far as the drop. So to a hitter, it looks like it rises per se. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he can, he can really work kind of middle to the top of the zone and, and really get over the barrel. And then he can tunnel that with his slider and his curveball and his changeup off that pitch. And so really, essentially, he's got four pitches moving in, in four different directions. Lights out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you see it like with Bauer. I mean, Bauer, yeah. you know, he wants everything to come out of the same tunnel and then, you know, veer right, left, down, up, wherever. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he's the master of it. And, uh, again, it's it's something that if you're trying to develop a pitch or we have a young man that, you know, we, we, we have, a, he's kind of, kind of a slider cutter hybrid. Well, we were messing around with how can we get something that matches your fastball uh, that can give you some vertical, you know, drop. And so we're messing around and we found a, a kind of a true curveball for him. So now he's got a fastball that's kind of a higher arm slot. Um, but then he's got a curveball coming out of that same tunnel. And then he can use that slider to to go into a lefty or away from a righty. So you can you can see how the ball is actually moving. Or you got a guy that's like, you know, hey, my four seam, my four seam because I throw it harder. Yeah, but it's straight as an arrow and everyone's hitting you around the ballpark. But Hey man, I know you throw that two seam at like 85. Can we just put your ego aside because you get a lot of vertical depth to that? Mm -hmm. and guess what? People are just running that into the ground, yeah. and like our infielders are just begging for that ball, and they're pretty good. So as I always, you know, really good coaching from the dugout. Whenever our shortstop <laughs> or second baseman makes an unbelievable play, or that you know, it just you turn a double play, I'm always like, hey pitchers, more the, ground the, balls. The point, <laughs> yeah, hey, make it, make them hit it to those guys. Yeah. Like, and they look at me like I'm an idiot, and I'm like, no, that's just good coaching right there. Make them hit it to those guys right there. So. <laughs> The, the Rapsodo data that you're going to get is seeing how the ball moves into the zone, how it comes out, at what pitch height, at what spin rate, but then the spin efficiency as well. Uh, we had a young man that was really cutting the ball off, so his, his spin efficiency was very low. And so, you know, the fastball really wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot. So we adjust uh, the spin direction coming out of the hand, uh, make some slight adjustments in his catch play, some visuals for him. Next thing you know, the spin efficiency is up, and he's getting like a true cutter, and he's getting a true two-seam. And so, you know, that's where it's, it's it, it, at first you're a bit overwhelmed, uh, but when you really kind of, you know, not, you know, knock it around a little bit and really get down to the nitty gritty, like it's super helpful. Even if you're a high school coach, like 
you, and I know like there's a lot of pitching restrictions now, especially here in the state of Iowa with, um, you know, pitch, pitch counts yeah. and usage and whatnot, which is great. You know, the, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to be running kids pitch counts up and then throwing two nights later, but you know, I know that you've got to get some mileage out of some guys maybe that don't pitch a lot. Well, you can use something like Rapsodo and like, okay, this kid throws 85 miles an hour, which, okay, for a high school level in the state of Iowa is going to be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, here's how his ball moves. Or, you know, he's got this really good curveball, and we can really use that. And now you're going to get some mileage out of those guys that, you know, maybe you didn't know about before. You know, he thought your stuff was just average or whatnot, but we can look at it and go, hey, that's a pretty good pitch. We can really utilize that in this situation. Or, you know, we have a guy that he, he's a his slider is incredible. And, you know, as a starter, he kind of wears down early. So we've moved him into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you, man. I mean, he'll throw, you know, 60 percent sliders because it's just such a good pitch. And then it makes his fastball look like it's 100 miles an hour. Yeah. But um, but again, you can really get the data on how that stuff really works. So. You know, as a higher level college guy, you can say, well, this, you know, in this matchup, we need a ground ball. We, well, we're going to throw this guy with, mm-hmm. you know, the low spin rate or, you know, the, the, the high horizontal movement guy. And we're going to get in on that, uh, on the hands and get that ground ball. So you can really use data to help, you know, with your matchups and, and getting, getting mileage out of your pitching staff. Wow. Well, I'm not the first guy to say this has been said a, a million times, but why guess when it can be measured and, I actually right. had that exact same conversation with a coach this morning. Uh, he DM'd me, and we got into that technology analytical area. And that's exactly what I said. I said, man, I know that that you think you got a good eye. I said, man, I think I got a pretty good eye. But it doesn't matter. My eye is biased. Whether I no, understand no. that or not, it's biased. And I, it's against what I've seen and what I'm looking at right now. And so that's the tough part is, like you mentioned, you're not going to pick up spin efficiency unless you're measuring it with some technology. Right. You're not going to exactly. look, oh, man, that's a, that's a much better spin. And if that is the key to taking this guy from a middle-tier type player to a elite top-tier player, man, why wouldn't we embrace that opportunity to, to use technology to get there? Absolutely. And it goes back into our question you know, a little bit ago about player development. We are trying to get the most out of these guys to help mm-hmm. them achieve their dreams. And if you let ego or your eyes get in the way of that, um, then maybe we missed out on an opportunity to put this guy in a position to be successful mm-hmm. to where all of a sudden when he's having success, you know, this school starts coming and they watch him and they scout him and they want to recruit him. Well, yeah. if we let ego and eyes get in the way of that, then, you know, we've, we failed that kid in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. Oh That's boy. Deep stuff. That's Idiot. platinum right there. <laughs> we, just, we just hit certified audio platinum <laughs> again and again and again. Let's do it one more time because analytics, and this is a side that I, I want to continue to get better at. I'm, I'm not, at least from you know from what I do, I, I don't have to be, but I want to be. I want to understand it on a little, little bit deeper level. So I, you know, I can get you basic stats in baseball, but you know, you're willing to go layers deeper and you're willing to get into some advanced metrics that, that maybe tell the story within the story. And how have you embraced that? What's it done to you? What's it challenged you? And then where do you live? What are kind of the things that you have, have seen can maybe rise to the top of importance? Well, I, I think it's tough in our ranks with junior college because you're not getting these advanced scouting reports. You're not really getting sure. track data from yeah. your games and whatnot. But I think there are certain things of how we structure a lineup or how we structure a bullpen or a pitching staff and how we go match up with some people. And, we're, you know, and, and Sean will tell you, our, our hitting guy, we're big at just run production. So, you know, trying to structure our lineup into on-base percentage um, or, you know, you know, kind of structuring it in terms of, you know, and I know kind of the old ad or 
you know, kind of the analytics adage of your two best hitters should be your two and four hole hitter or what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's limited in terms of how, you know, we approach, you know, from an analytical standpoint, uh, but really it's just more how we match up more than anything, uh, how we're going to match up against, you know, this pitcher tonight. Well, this is how we want to structure our lineup then, or, you know, we're going to attack our, with our bullpen because we like to match up here because, okay, this guy is a ground ball type pitcher or, hey, this guy can get above their barrels and they're very steep, their barrels dump. You know, we, we can look at it that way and structure our bullpen. I think on a defensive standpoint as well, I mean, you're not, like I said, you're not going to get all these advanced, you know, scouting reports in the, in the junior college ranks. But, um, you know, again, you're, I think your eyes do tell you sometimes like, well, this guy's a big time pull guy. So we're going to pull some shifts every once in a while. Yeah. Or, you know, we may do something a little bit different in terms of our de- defensive alignment. But um, I think it's tough at our level because you're not getting, uh, you know, the big time data in terms of like game day planning. But I think in how you use your personnel, then I think the analytics come into play. You know, what type of player is this guy? What type of pitcher is this guy? And how can we get the most out of him? Yeah. Real quick, go into a couple of examples. I'm, I'm thinking about a youth coach that's on this call that's that's – like you mentioned, I'll do talk about transparency, getting better at the in-game management. That is always uh, a lot of coaches kind of hit me with either DM or, or tweet like, hey, if you could do a podcast on that, it's like, well, man, that's a that's a tough topic to go into because there's so many situational things that we could discuss and dynamics in play. It's hard to spend, you know, uh, but, you know, I'm still working to try to figure out what the right mix would be. But if there is a youth coach that's going Hey man, in terms of you know looking at maybe just stats on paper, so you got the opposing team, you don't have anything on a spray chart, you're just looking at numbers, and so you could go from the offensive side. What jumps off to you that says, "Hey man, this is what I know about this guy based on these numbers." You get what I'm going with this, like very oh, totally. very topical, but at the same time for for a youth or high school coach or even a college coach that maybe doesn't know the the depths of that or what that might be screaming at you, explain it to them. Well, we. It's funny, we, the three, our staff had this talk probably about a month ago, and it was kind of a turning point in our season. I mean, we were, hey, we were struggling, man. We were, we were playing 500 baseball, and you know, we were finding ways to lose games. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're look, and we had some injuries. Let's say everyone does. It's not an excuse. Like you go through the grind and whatnot, and you know, we just we weren't clicking. And we we're out of practice, and and you're looking at the numbers, and our run production wasn't very high. And I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, all right, who you know and you maybe put your best speed guy lead off. Well, sometimes that's not always the case. And I looked at him like, who's our best guy getting on base? Mm-hmm. And we identified the guy. And ever since then, we put him in the leadoff spot. All of a sudden, run production went through the roof. And actually, we had a, a young man, a freshman, um, that for the first 20 games or whatever, make me look like an idiot because I didn't play him. And then I put him in in a pinch hit role in a conference game, and he hits a solo jack to tie it. And He's been our four hitter ever since. Actually, we had him in the three hole for a while, and we have the national leader in home runs right now in Fox Liam, and and uh, he wasn't getting some pitches to hit. So I flip flop them, and I put the freshman in the four hole uh, to try to protect Fox. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Fox in the last week and a half has hit 13 home runs. He was a national player of the week uh, this week, and. Uh, again, just looking at it, how can we protect him to get him maybe some more pitches to hit, uh, and and it's worked. And so sometimes you got to think unconventionally uh, to where it, what what's going to put you in a best position to score the most runs, mm-hmm. which ultimately is what it's about. Um, and then obviously you got to manage your pitching staff as well too. But you know sometimes you know I, I know we've talked about it with a, a young man that we have. Like mm-hmm. we've kind of gone the route with 
are you going to be an opener? Not necessarily a closer, but can you open the game and give us two solid innings? Because your stuff's unreal, but we know in the third, fourth inning, you kind of start to fade. Yeah. Well, what if we can get two solid out of you, and now we can structure our pitching staff through those next seven innings uh, to get the most out of it? Sometimes you just got to think a little bit differently. Yeah. There's no exact science, or it has to be done this way. And, and we've gotten a little unconventional during during the last month, and it, it's really helped our team. And and you know we we really turned a corner. I think we've won eight straight now. And yeah. And it's nothing that I've done or, you know, what we, we just we thought a little bit differently. We went a little more unconventional. And sometimes you have to do that. And there's some data behind it that helps make those decisions. But at the end of the day, it, you don't have to always go by the book. You know, think a little bit differently. But I think the also the other thing to go with that with like youth coaches and high school coaches, we talked about a little bit ago, they get so wrapped up in wins and losses. Yeah. And I get it. Like you're trying to teach kids how to win and, and, and all that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, teach them how to win like on the field and how to you know, teach them how to play, yeah. you know, teach, teach them, you know, the intricacies of the game to the fundamentals to execute. And I, I think that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle because they're trying to win a tournament and, you know, Hey, what, what if you would have thrown this kid in that spot and it was the two hitters and, and, and he got those two hitters out for you. Well, you got something out of that kid and, and, and now he's just helped you, you know, put you in a position to win, but now he might've helped you, 20 games down the road when you're in that spot again and you need that kid. Well, he's been there. Mm-hmm. And that again, goes back into our thing. Like there's times during the year where, Hey, this kid, we put him in and you know what? He didn't get the job done. Well, guess what? In a couple of weeks, we need you again. And we put you in that position and you got the job done. Well, now come tournament time this weekend, we've built that trust. We've seen that through guys because it didn't matter what we did a month or two ago. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no RPI in junior college and all that. Like, yeah, we want to win, but at the end of the day, we want to win when it matters, and that's this weekend. And if we can learn about some guys and putting them in tough spots and help them grow, then that's going to help us when it matters. Just dom after dom after dom. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to let this point go unnoticed. Uh, 13 home runs in a week and a half? Yeah, so yeah. Did, it's, uh, did you do it's, some conference rule where you had, you had to get front toss only? Like, <laughs> no, no, man. No, he's as locked in as ever. And um you know, again, it's a kid that we go back into people development and, and he's had a tough road with some health issues and uh, almost almost because of that gave up on the game. And, wow. you know, he stuck with it, man. He, he trusted our process. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of the kid because he's an unbelievable human being yeah. and he's he's going to be successful no matter what he does. But he's as locked in as ever. And I uh, hope he stays locked in for another four days. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hope he's locked in here at noon. Uh, your time. Exactly. You go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, people development. And it's it, for any listener worth their salt that's paying attention, man, they they are hearing that what's your true motivation, your why in coaching. So it's obvious it's a huge piece of, of what you're doing. Open up how you're going about building the bridge between the baseball, the learning, the player development but you're really focusing on the gaining of perspective and using baseball to help teach those life lessons. How are you doing that, Herc? Well, uh, I think any of those followers out there and people that know me, and I know you and I talked about this for a little bit, yeah. but about three years ago, my oldest son, uh, Kim, Kim and I's oldest son, Brody, uh, who's seven years old now, was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just remember us walking out of there and just you know, and this is how you are as a coach and as a family. It's like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Yep. We're going we're gonna to find a way. And then the, the, what's helped with that is we've had amazing people in our corner to, to help us. And, 
and we've grown some great relationships with, with that community. And so a couple of my coaching buddies, you know, the legend Steve Murray down at Neo Show, Travis Lalleman at Crowder, uh, they they were putting on these games, autism awareness games. And so I thought, man, that'd be a really cool idea. And we did our first one three years ago. And uh, we raised money for our local children's autism center. And, and it just, it blew up. Like people loved it. And um, and so I thought to myself, man, we can, we can really use the platform of our program uh, to bring awareness you know, to autism, not only for my son, but for all of those families in North Iowa or all those families in the country that, you know, have children that are living on the spectrum and use it also as a teaching point to our players. And so in the fall, on um, Thursday nights, we do three or four Thursday nights, we call it ball for all. And so kids that are on the spectrum or kids with special needs can come out and just play baseball. They can just be a kid and play baseball with our guys. And I'm, I'm telling you, Sheets, like it's the most powerful thing you can ever have as a mentor, as a leader, because you see just the 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 human element come out of our guys and the relationships that they create. And our shortstop in a, in a recent uh, news article, uh, there was a kid, Asher is his name, and, and it developed a great relationship with our shortstop and they still stay in contact and he wears a bracelet with his name on it. And, and again, like, if Jake goes over four today, you know, that's tough. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Jake's made an impact on that kid's life and that kid's made an impact on Jake's life as well. Mm -hmm. And again, and to use it in a sense of guys, when, when you have tough days, think about these kids, you know, think of their tough days. Mm -hmm. Now your day isn't that tough. And, and just to be able to use the power of, of, of their influence, you know, as a collegiate baseball player, uh, to reach out to these families and, and build relationships, I think helps grow these guys as individuals, which is my job. You know, yes, my yeah. job is to, to, to teach you how to hit and teach you how to pitch and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, my job as a leader is to help develop you to where you can make a positive impact into our society as soon as baseball is done. Like that's my job. My job is to develop people. And if you, if you have that approach, in my opinion, like, the wins and losses will take care of themselves. I, I really do. I do believe that. And these guys will tell you, like, I'm hard on them. Like, I, I, I get pretty fired up. Mm -hmm. But I've got a real soft side to myself. And and I think, I've again, I've, if I could go back and tell younger Travis Hergert, like, man, it's not all about the wins and the losses. It's not all about the result. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've taken, these guys will tell you, a few of our talks, and you really put things into perspective a little bit. And it just gets them thinking. You know, it's it's not a butt chewing. It, it's it's a way to put things into perspective that you're playing the game of baseball. You're going to school and playing baseball and like, hey, man, we just gave you thirty dollars of meal money. Like you, you it, win or lose, you, you get to go eat, you yes. know, and, and we're going to go. We're going to stay at a nice hotel and, and you know, let, let's put it into perspective a little bit. But through the through the platform of our program and, and, and autism and, and awareness, um, it's it's really build a community bond. And I think that's really helped shape some of our players. And and I'm, I'm you can get on Facebook and Twitter, and and you're going to see pictures of our players and and my kids and other kids in our area that that are on the spectrum. And man, it, it's it's really heartwarming, and it, it makes me proud uh, of more than any win ever. You know that you know these guys are making an impact on these kids' lives, and we're using the power of our program to do it. It's huge, and it's it's been awesome to follow, like you mentioned, Steve, and uh, obviously what you've done there. It, it it's so cool to see. Uh, and like you and I talked before, again, we got, we got this whole thing rolling was just, that's our job, man. And, and, yep. and it's tough to, again, you got to go through some, 
ups and downs to figure it out. But once you arrive at that and you realize, oh man, I am the bridge between, you know, in essence, childhood and adulthood. So when I send this kid out at you at 20, the four-year dude at 22, man, is he ready to go crush life or not? (laughs) You know, is is he going to understand what the bigger picture is? Like you said, $30 in meal money, man, there's people all over the country would stab you for 30 bucks to eat. And so we're giving it to you, you know, and again, not to go on a tangent there by any means, but, um, fantastic, man. Thanks for running through that with us. Now let's get into the back half of the show. And this is, uh, you know, stuff that we ask every guy to really draw the comparison. We're all, (laughs) we're all the same dude, man, but it's all on how we're engineered and and how things work. New question I'm throwing at you. I told you, man, I'm I'm, going to test the waters here on this one. Um, a little in the spirit as we used in our, our first few episodes, highs and lows, but what moment in baseball would you and are you going to hold on to forever? Um, quite honestly, you know, you can talk about wins and losses, and we've had some successful moments in our program with, you know, first regional tournament title, uh, first World Series, all that stuff, and those are moments that you hold on to. But you know, quite honestly, one of the, one of the when when we did our our first autism game. Um, I got really emotional and just for the fact of it was a large crowd. Our players got behind it. And it's a moment I'm never going to forget because we're actually at a tough point in our season. And, you know, just the spirit of our players to, to keep showing up and keep working. Mm-hmm. And and I asked one of them, I'm like, and, and we were, we're struggling a little bit, but guys just kept competing. They kept showing up and kept competing. And I you know, I kind of asked, like, you know, what, what, what's going on? He's one of our more mature guys, so I could ask him, like, hey, man, like, what's going on? Like, what keeps you guys going here? And he looked at me and just said, what you've done, and we see your child show up every day to work in this game and what it means to you. He's like, that's what it's about to us. And that's a, that's a moment I'm never going to forget as a coach because it's like, again, it goes into impacting people better than any World Series, you know, draft whatever it is like i'm telling you man like that that moment right there was one of the most powerful for me as a coach and one that i'll never forget that i'll i'll hold on to forever you can't do that to me man because i can cry (laughs) a heartbeat you can't you can't i I walked into that one (laughs) but that's that's fantastic i think the easy follow-up is what moment today do you want back oh this is a coaching moment man and we're at it we're at our first world series and we're playing a uh, good friend of mine, Nate Metzger, who's, mm-hmm. who's now at uh, Wright State. And he was at Heartland at the time and built an amazing program at yeah, Heartland. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we were 2-0 and in the series. And I think they they got a first round by or something. They were 1-0. and We were in a, just a grinder of a game. I think it was like the seventh inning. And we were up 3-2. to two, And we had one out. And we had runners at second. They had runners at second and third. And our starter, he, he was grinding. He, was just, he wasn't an overpowering kid. Just knew how to pitch, knew how to grind, and I'm a young coach, and you're thinking, like, you know, get get to your bullpen. And we had, we had some we had two pretty good guys in the bullpen, and I got a little greedy, and I should have let our starter maybe, you know, work his way out of winner win or lose it himself, and yeah. I didn't. And they snuck one down the line and, and beat us, and, and I really feel that if we would have won that game, we, we probably would have had a chance to win a national championship. And uh, you never know if you're going to get that moment back again, but, uh, you know, I kind of learned from that a little bit and understanding that sometimes you just gotta, you gotta trust your guys and, and let them go win or lose it themselves. But that, that's one that I always, I always kind of revisit that one, man. Like, man, I think we had a chance to, to maybe win a national championship, uh, in that moment and, you know, coach hindsight, but at the end of the day, that's one I wish we had back. 
Yeah, it's reshaping failure into a learning opportunity, though. That's, that's yep. you know, hey, man, it's a lesson I need to learn, and yeah. I'm arresting the wisdom from it. Rather happen at the World Series than any other place, to be honest. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, okay, so take us into something recently that you either read or you watched or you heard or, or something that you saw that you went, wow, that, that really hits me in my core of, as to what we're doing, and if I can do it a better way, I need to, I need to explore that. You got something you point to? Dude, you're, uh, and I'm plugging you now because <laughs> your previous podcast with John Sha- uh, Savage and Butch Thompson, yeah. you know, I was, we were struggling a little bit again, and, and I listened to that, and I picked out a couple things and ran with it with mm-hmm. a couple of our guys. So I, I, that's one that just sits in my head recently that I listened to, and I listened to it twice, and I was taking down feverish notes. And, of course. And, and again, I mean, those are two just studs in, in our profession, especially on the pitching side of things. And that was one just recently that, that sticks into my head that I listened to that I was like, good grief, man. This is, this is just outstanding. And, and you, you continue to get guys on this podcast that, I mean, are good at what they do for a reason, Mm -hmm. but they're, that's what I love about our game is people are so open, you know, so open to talk. And, and there are some of these naysayers out there that like want to just, you know, say guys are know-it-alls or, you know, they want to bash certain guys. And it's like, dude, just, we're, we're in a profession right now where there's so much sharing mm-hmm. and, and to help people grow as coaches and human beings, like, man, I mean, just be, have an open mind and, and see to it and put your ego aside and, uh, and, and just try to take a thing or two away. And it, it might, might make you a better coach. It might help your players. That's it. Well, you know, the beauty of it is that's one of our most well-received episodes, especially the spring guys are playing. And, uh, but in terms of numbers and feedback and engagement, that was, and I didn't write any of those questions. <laughs> Yeah, like that was that was pure from our listenership, and uh, I've told them on uh, social media like that's something we're going to continue to do when we get opportunities. And it seems like, and and for me, it was kind of like up against the wall, going, "Man, here's two really good dudes and and access." But that was a conversation I had with someone about access to coaches. That's the beauty of the podcast platform. Like you Mm -hmm. literally feel like they're talking to you. It's uh, as you and I were talking before the social media convention. The beauty of the podcast is that you know people listen with their eyes, but they feel with their ears. Yeah. And so I'm in your earbuds and, and these coaches, John Savage and Butch are in your earbuds right now, Herg, you are in people's earbuds. And the beauty of mm-hmm. it is, man, they're feeling your emotions. They're feeling where you're coming from. And again, all that came from our coaches. So how can we uh, continue to give them the platform to, and again, it makes my job, I guess, simple. I just got to narrate at that point, but I want them to have the opportunity to have access to you guys. And and that's the beauty of, uh, of doing something like that. So I'm glad that hit home with you. Well, it's uh, so genuine. I think sure. Everything is so genuine. It's organic. organic. I think it, yeah. Yeah. I, I think because there's some coaches out there that, that really do feel it, man. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I, you know, I maybe they're afraid to ask that question, but they listen to something and it's like, okay, I, I, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And, I, and I, I'm a big, uh, my my mom always said I have the gift of gab. Like, I can talk, man. Like, <laughs> sure. I, and I, I love, I love conversations. And I think I learn more in, in conversational pieces than reading, you know, and I probably yeah. do need to read more. Okay. I get that. But like, that's where podcasts come into play. And I, I can, you know, if I'm going recruiting or, you know, we're on a road trip in a bus, like yesterday for three and a half hours, I can knock out a few podcasts and, mm. and, you know, and, and, and just continue to grow and learn. But man, like I, I love getting on the phone or before a game and, and coaches that I respect and that I know, and just have conversations and, and learn like that, that to me is, is the fun part about it. And some of my assistants will give me crap about it sometimes. Like, well, you, you think the Germans and and, and, and the Americans were, were talking on the war on, on on the battlefield? Like, 
No, but at the end of the day, like, dude, we're just coaching, man. Like, yeah. we're, we're we're just all out here because you know we love this game, and and like, I want to learn, man. I want to I want to. Why are they good? Like, why are they successful? What's yeah. working for them? I want to find out, and and sometimes that's how I, I I learn the best. Actually, it's just through conversation. Gift of gab is such a mom thing to say. Yeah, well, no um, doubt. My wife, my, my wife just says you talk way too much. So it's not even a gift. It's just a, for her. It's a curse. Um, so you just answered again, how you're engineer, but go into podcasts. What are some of the kind of the main ones that you focus on? Cause I'm the same boat. I've moved completely into at the gym in the mornings or on the road. I had back and forth to Atlanta. It's nothing but podcast after podcast after podcast. What are some mm-hmm. of your ones you've got on deck you're subscribed to? Well, and we have a great relationship with the guy, but the Mind Strong Project and Harvey Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some, you know, very, you know, he'll go different routes, man. It's not just coaches; it's yeah. it's CEOs, it's it's uh, it's you know, mental coaches, whatever it may be. Um, and that's one that I I tune into all the time. Um, my and I've got to give a plug for my buddy John Gellner. For he sure. had me on you know, a couple of years ago with yep. uh, Head of the Curve, and he continues to bring in just I wouldn't say no name, but just kind of unknown guys that you listen to you're like wow mm-hmm. man that guy is good absolutely uh, that that's one that i that i take in all the time i love the driveline podcast as well and what they do um the learning leader is one that i go to mm-hmm. all the time I, I love what they put out there so um you know those are a few that I'm, I'm knocking out when i'm when i'm on the road or we're in a bus that's outstanding i'm gonna give you a one that I think uh, I could probably give you a couple, but I think one in particular I can't promote it enough, and I'm gonna work to try to get him on is Finding Mastery with Michael Gervais. Okay, and you need to you need to plug into that. You can pick, uh, you can start with any of the pro athletes that you'll see. But the beauty of it is he's the same way. It's athletes, it's uh, learners, it's business leaders, it's personalities. But the beauty of it is he's trying to get to the core of what makes exceptional people exceptional. How are they and where are they on their path to mastery and figuring out how to be the best that they can be, the best versions of themselves? And it's as good as anybody. I mean, it's just a, uh, I'll throw that out there. You listen to it on your next bus trip and uh, you'll probably text me and say, hey, thank you. And you'll, you know, I just hit subscribe sheet. You'll send me a NIAC shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, <so>. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Take, take me into the best people you've been around in baseball. And if you can, if you can take the qualities of what makes them so special. So this is players, teammates assistant coaches, what are the qualities that rise to the top that you really go, man, that's why you're good at what you do? Well, I mean, I think it starts at your foundation of your life. And, you know, my father, my dad, Steve, was probably the most influential person for me. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, got me introduced to the game. He coached me in Little League. And, you know, we had some epic fights, you know, playing catch and those type of things, just as any father and son do. But, you know, my my mom and my dad still come to all of our games. Like, they, they, they make relationships with our players and, um, you know, that's always resonated with me. And I'm so thankful that my dad was so influential and, uh, you know, taught me how to keep scorebook, you know, mm-hmm. those, those type of things. And, you know, I remember watching, you know, we, we lived in you know, the Cedar Rapids, Iowa city area. So we'd get WGN and, uh, TBS. So we'd watch the Braves, Cubs, White Sox, you know, we'd get all those games and, sure. uh, you know, now you can get on a phone and watch it. But at the end of the day, like my dad was really influential with me. And, um, but again, in the game, yeah, you know, I, I go back. I talked about Pete earlier. You know, mm-hmm. Pete Lortzen was probably you know, one of the most influential people for me, and and just thinking differently. You know, Pete would challenge me. Like Pete, Pete would challenge me to think differently. Um, you know, not always see things in one way. Um, and he was stubborn about it, man. And I love the guy for it. And you know, we still talk from time to time. And I know he's he's busy right now, but there are times where all of a sudden we'll be at an ABCA convention. I remember in Indianapolis, and him and I were just talking for two or three hours. Yeah. You know, just catching up, but then just talking the game and, and what different things are you learning? And, 
Yeah, I think that's where he challenged me the most was there's always a, a different way to do things. It's not always, you know, how you're doing it right now. There's always a different and better way. Um, the assistants that I've had, you know, Sean Schlechter, Brett DeGagne, Will Arnold, obviously Pete, Derek Draghi, guys that have worked for me, you know, those guys have always influenced me because, you know, you, you win with people, man. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're successful with people that you have. And and those guys grind and we don't have these big budgets where we're paying guys, you know, uh, you know, a, a huge salary to coach here, man. They're working on a stipend. They're, they're working security at night, just as any small school. And uh, there's, there's probably a thousand coaches out there that know exactly what I'm talking about right now. And it's hard to keep assistance around. And that's where we've been really fortunate, but those guys have been so influential for me because, um, you know, one, they, they grind every day. We're in this together. You know, this isn't a hierarchy, man. This is, we're in this battle together. And, there's all kinds of players that have come into our program and, and have made an impact. And, and it's funny, it, uh, there's a young man pitching at TCU right now named Brandon Williamson and his mom, Twyla, uh, and his dad, Todd, uh, came to our games this last weekend. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably make you cry right now, Sheets. Don't but, do that. Please uh, don't. <laughs> so she was diagnosed, actually, here in Clinton last year, she was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, they, they took her down to Iowa City and began treatments. And uh, she came to our game the other day and we hugged and, you know, just laughed. And she's like, I got good news. I'm in remission. I'm cancer free. Mm-hmm. And it was like the best news that you could hear. We could, we could have gone and just gotten, you know, shellacked that next it didn't game. Matter. I don't know if I would have cared. Like, yeah. honestly, that was the best news I ever heard, you know, and she was so thankful for what we did for her son and all that. And I was like, Twyla, you'll never understand. And, and this is hard because I don't think people really get this, but like, I'm 39 years old and these guys make me feel young every day. And, and like, you know, they're listening to rap music that I have no idea what the heck this guy is, but you know, I'll find myself listening to it on my phone. Like, it's funny, but at the end of the day, like they'll never understand the impact that these players make on our lives because we can't do this without them. This is a player's game. And, you know, yeah, we've won a lot of games here. And I'd say that's because we've had really good coaches and we've had really, really talented players that have trusted us. And I've probably influenced a lot of games that we've lost because I've made a dumb decision and I've affected that. But at the end of the day, the impact that these players make on our lives, I mean, is priceless. Oh, boy. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it, bud. <laughs> um, so go into – these are kind of like quick hitters, but at the same time, give us some explanation behind it. But one yeah. thing you need to work on is? Patience. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I'm getting better at it, but just being patient and being persistent. Um, I can get impatient at times, um, but, uh, just being patient and persistent. That's it. The key to success is to me process, having an open Mm -hmm. mind, um, you know, be willing to, you know, challenge the status quo. That's something I tell our players all the time. The key to success is challenge the status quo. There's always a better way. Find that way. You'll see that in a tweet form coming here uh, soon. I literally <laughs> typed that in my phone this morning at the gym. Platinum brother. Yes, Platinum. I'm telling you. We're brothers from another mother, man. Um, <laughs> in the end, when our careers are over, it's all about? The relationships. Mm. The, the, the people you meet along the way. Form, you know, Coaches, players, administrators. Um, that That's what it's about. I mean, yeah, I mean, we all love the success and winning and whatnot. But, man, it's all about the relationships at the end. Okay, dude, best advice you've been given and kind of like that inner monologue that you have. I mean, you always come back to it's tried and true. And then other advice, anything else for anybody paying attention to this, you know, shoot them down the right path. Um, 
I would say more than anything is is trust what you're doing, but challenge what you're doing. And again, it goes back to that quote: is you know don't don't settle for the status quo. Yeah. Um, there's always a better way. And I think you know we're some guy, and I used to be that way. Like you think you know it all, and you don't. You don't, but you, you do have to trust your, your core and, and, and your foundation of things that got you into this game, but know that there's always a better way, and it's not about you. I think that's the number one thing. It's not about you. It's about the players that you impact, and that's our role as leaders. It's about the people that you impact, whether it's you know former coaches and, and, and looking at them grow and giving them. And I, you know, you know, for me, like I, I tell, and our assistants, I think, would tell you that I empower them. You know, I don't. I haven't called an offensive play at Nyack in my seven years as head coach. Uh, I gave up pitch calling. Okay, uh, Brett Degani, our pitching coach now, calls pitches and he does a really good job. I, I I empower those guys because ultimately I want them to have the opportunity to run their own program someday, or maybe be in professional baseball, or coach at a Division One, Division Two school, whatever it may be. I've got to empower those guys, and I think sometimes as coaches, you want to do everything. You want to control every aspect. Man, that's going to run you in the ground. You know, empower people, trust people. Okay. Where can people find you? How they connect? Because I'm telling you, if you're paying attention to this, you want to spend more time with Herg. So how can, <laughs> how can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter, uh, at Coach Herg, H-E-R-G, um, at Nyack Baseball, N-I-A-C-C Baseball as our Twitter handles. Um, I'm on Facebook. I've connected with a lot of coaches on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, all that stuff. But um, you know, DM me and I'll, if you want to talk, I give you my cell number, you know, whatever, come out to Nyack. Uh, that's one thing we've, we've, we've hosted a lot of coaches to come out to Nyack and they want to see how we do things all the time. And it's like, dude, we want to see how you do things. <laughs> sure. You know, we, we, you know, poke holes in what we do. You know, we, we want to get better. Oh my gosh. I, I'm going to say this and I've been debating on the last 10 minutes, but this has been maybe the most fun and engaging and my favorite interview so far episode 132 i'm putting that out there in space okay so you you take that for what it's worth but the the social calling for this was dead on man i knew this would be a a a fantastic podcast and and i'm gonna throw this also at you hergan and i mean this with every breath of my body you're exactly the type of dude that i want cooper to play for you and i love the fact that you were able to kind of open that up a little bit let our listeners into how you're engineered and you know why you do what you do and again man being that uh, maybe hopefully thought leader as a guy that's out there living it, breathing it, obviously relaying it out through social channels so we can continue to work together to positively change this culture of coaching. Dude, you are exactly the type of person we'd love to have inside the ABCA. So appreciate who you are. Appreciate what you do, Herc. Thanks for carving out time. Go win a ball game. Get back <laughs> to Enid. And, dude, I'll connect with you again soon. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you, Sheets. It was an honor. Thank you. Coaches, thanks again for checking out our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and another one of our Dugout Chatter episodes. Here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, our mission is to serve coaches around the world. So please let us know how we can help you out. Head over to our website, abca.org. If you're looking for more information about our baseball coaching fraternity, you could also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us at ABCA1945. You want to reach out to me directly? I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Sheets3 or shoot me an email at Sheets, S H E E T S, at abca.org. We would love to hear from our loyal members. We'd even love to hear from some new ones. 
as we continue to find new ways to work together at growing the game of baseball. Huge thanks to the sponsor of these Dugout Chatter episodes, our longtime partners over at Rawlings. So if you want more information about what they're doing for baseball and this association, head over to their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And thanks again for your support of this podcast. As always, thanks for listening in and staying dialed into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Until next week, we ask you to keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball.